0: I really like chips. I really like chips. Chips. I really like 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 chips. He really likes chips. He really likes chips. I really like chips. I really like chips. I really like chips. I really like chips. I belong to a program of recovery where we acknowledge and honor one another's personal milestones. We have a chip system. These chips do not keep us sober, but they help mark our time and sobriety. The first chip we offer is the white chip, also known as the surrender chip. It's available to anyone who may be starting his or her program or coming back. The white chip is the only chip offered twice, once in the beginning of the meeting and again toward the end just in case someone feels moved by what they've seen or heard during the time we spend together and wants to try something different than what they're doing. Most groups offer a variety of colored chips for 30, 60, and 90 days, 6 and 9 months, 1 year, and multiple anniversaries. My home group has chips for every month during the first year. I think that's nice, especially for those of us in early recovery to be given as many incentives to stay sober as possible. It's important to stay positive. Having goals to look forward to is great motivation. That small takeaway in the form of a plastic chip can be huge for the person who works hard to get it. I keep my chips in my bra, close to my heart. Not all of them, just the first and last month's rent. My bra is where I used to hide my dope. Here are some of the things I've come to realize and appreciate about this memory. Number one, I'm done hiding my dope. Two, I'm done being preoccupied about hiding my dope. Three, I'm done worrying about all the shit I used to worry about with regard to my dope. For instance, A, do I have enough? B, am I running low? C, how can I get more? D, how can I get money to get more? In active addiction, these were frustrating questions, mainly because the answers kept changing minute to minute. Today, I store most of my chips in a sock I keep in my bedroom closet. The two I carry with me during the day sleep in a little ceramic dish in the top drawer of my bathroom vanity at night. When I wake up, after I pray, shower, and brush my teeth, I put my chips back in my bra. A little self-care and these sweet rituals help me feel safe as I move forward into my morning. I did not always value my sobriety keepsakes like I do now. I was sober several years before I picked up my first commemorative chip. I guess I didn't think I was sticking around long enough to need any souvenirs. And because I already had a few 24 hours under my belt, I felt as though I'd missed my opportunity for that symbolic white chip. I did want one, though, just to have. Looking back on my behavior in early recovery, it's pretty safe to say I was reluctant to fully embrace the program I didn't want to get sober, not at first. But I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I had enlisted the help of a therapist who I thought could give me drugs that might take the edge off all the speed I was taking. At least, that was my brilliant plan for getting my husband off my back. But instead, Dr. Cormans kept suggesting I consider these weird ass meetings. Why, I only had like two glasses of wine twice a week. Right. He also refused to treat me if I kept showing up wasted. I finally went and not because I was like the people he described. I was there only to gather research concerning their efforts so I could go home and figure everything out by myself. I didn't need anybody's leg up, not to mention all the joy and kindness I encountered in the rooms made me terribly uneasy. I felt just as self-conscious at meetings as I did when dealing with the rest of the world. Still, I kept showing up. Okay, so I got there late and left early. I didn't go out of my way to get to know anybody or make friends, probably because I didn't know how without a drink in my hand. If and when I did contribute my thoughts on a topic, what I said had to either be the best or the worst share anyone had ever heard. Although eventually drug and alcohol free, I was still controlled by the same all or nothing mentality that drove my addictions. My life lacked any sort of balance for quite a while. I do not recommend this approach to newcomers, but the way I behaved remains a part of my journey, so I embrace all the details and look for the gifts God has in my experience. I know he loves when I tell the truth. I let others decide how useful this information is when I share what's in my heart. Being called upon to distribute the chips at a meeting can be stressful. I'm not sure why, but of course, that's never gonna keep me from wondering. I may look self-assured, but I get nervous in a group, more so without a script. I know I'm not alone. It seems this way for many. Volunteering to read something is so much easier. I'll raise my hand for that, no problem. I can read a paragraph off a laminated sheet of paper standing on my head. Actually, I can't, but you catch my drift. Doing the chips is way different. Questions start to creep in during those moments leading up to that critical portion of the meeting. Will the chips be in the right order? Ours are usually separated by compartments in a clear plastic container, but sometimes the chips get mixed up. What if they're in the wrong section? What if I look like I don't know what I'm doing? Will anyone take me up on my chip offering? What if I get no takers and I'm just standing there holding a bunch of chips nobody wants? What if somebody does come forward, but when I try to hug them, they don't hug me back? Who doesn't want a fucking hug? What's wrong with some people? Or an even worse thought, what's wrong with me that my hugs are so poisonous? Even alcoholics recoil in terror. I can barely concentrate on the meeting. I'm so preoccupied with preparing for all the uncomfortable feelings I'm almost positive I'm about to feel. I say, fuck it, I'm not doing this a thousand times in my head. But when it's my turn, I go ahead and do the deal. In the event I stumble through my delivery, folks are always kind, and I feel wonderful when I'm done. So what if no one I'm with at the moment needs a new chip? I'm still part of a celebration. Guaranteed, there's somebody somewhere working his or her program and scoring a chip. We can clap for that, and for the chips we hold in our pockets, wallets, and bras. My home group has a sweet little practice where we say a quick prayer for each chip as it passes from one hand to the next and is ultimately returned to its new owner. I love connecting with God and one another in this way. I'm reminded that we're a family and we serve a purpose in one another's recovery. Every once in a while, I find myself watching the girl whose chip is traveling around the room. She is focused on its whereabouts. Especially in a large crowd. I would be too. Our chips are precious to us. One day last year, when I stayed after the meeting to help clean up, which is really stretching the truth, I eat more cookies and pretzels than I put back in the cabinet. I may fold up one or two chairs before wandering off toward an interesting conversation. Nonetheless, I mentioned to the ladies I was with that I'd never gotten a white chip. At that time, I was already 16 years sober. I was given one right there on the spot and prayed for as well. I'll never forget it. All I had to do was ask. It felt like Christmas morning. My higher power helps me help myself. I could never have figured out how to get what I needed on my own, short of stealing a chip from the till when no one was looking, and I didn't want to do that. The following week, during the chip ceremony at a meeting in the rehab facility where I serve, we ran out of white chips, and a young lady needed one. She was brand new. I did not want to give her mine, but I did. My feelings were mixed. I wasn't glad right away. I had my doubts about her sincerity and level of commitment. But who am I to judge? The following morning, I marched back to my home group and requested the contents of my brassiere be restored. I've swapped out and replaced my white chip several times since then in this very manner. God has done something useful and lovely with my fear and this story, which I share happily. God is amazing. The more I participate in my life, the more He continues to reveal the promises of this beautiful program, particularly Promise 11. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. That one was written specifically for me.